0: John Chapter 17. How about that? I don't know how long that's been, but it's been a good minute. We might be able to look on the, uh, the CDs back there and get some, huh? Six years. Wow, that's a feat. Um, guys the reason why we do this and I want to say this very quickly and I am aware of my time the reason why we do this is because God wrote a story he wrote a book he wrote it in sequential order and so when we come to a book such as John the Gospel of John gives us an opportunity to see the mind of Christ and how it grows and I don't mean his physical mind I mean that which he has given to us and building on the story. And so that now when we come and I say to you, echoing uh, what Der said earlier, that we are the light of the world. You say, yeah, I remember that. Jesus said, we are the light. He said he was the light because we've been through um, the information that way. And so precept upon precept, uh, we understand the word of God in that fashion. So that's why we go through word, Uh, By word, phrase by phrase, sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph, pericope by pericope, uh, chapter by chapter, book by book. Uh, What a privilege it has been. I hope that it has been a pleasure for you as well. John 17, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father... The hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord God. When we come here to this text, we understand that with all texts, we're standing on holy ground. But in particular here as we come, we ask for wisdom. We ask for guidance so that we can clearly articulate what it is your people need to hear in jesus name we pray amen i remember and i wish that if we were alone i would actually sing a little bit of it but we're not quite alone but I remember the old people used to sing if I could only hear my mother pray again tender moments I remember it was almost as if the deacons couldn't finish praying quick enough there were seven sisters in the old church we used to attend and various ones would kick off with a after devotion song and those seven sisters love to sing if i could only hear my mother prayer again it's one of the things that we do uh, as saints as well we absolutely believe in intercessory prayer and, and we sang here an old song pray for me. When you bow at the altar, please don't forget to pray for me. It's wonderful to have your mother to pray for you and it's indeed wonderful to have brothers and sisters pray for you. But I remember Jesus praying for Peter. Peter failed um, and Jesus knew he was going to falter and Jesus said to him the good news about the fact that you're going to mess up is this I've prayed for you and there is nobody that you had rather have praying for you than Jesus. That's what we want to discuss very quickly today. I need you to understand that Jesus is praying for you. But but, but in what context? Now, we come to John chapter 17, and and what we have here is what we call the high priestly prayer. Uh, It is that prayer where Jesus prays on our behalf. I wanna say to you that although you, played a huge part in uh, the election of our current president. Uh, It was your vote that put him in there. Um, But quite frankly, you cannot walk up to the doorsteps of the White House and say, uh, as they did in Lincoln's day, that I demand to have a moment with the president. No, in order to do that, you've got to have somebody to go between you somebody a mediator to intervene to have this discussion you got to have somebody in the middle and i'm saying to you that you and i offended a holy creator god and his holiness and our sinfulness naturally put us at odds and we would necessarily need somebody in between us a mediator an intercessor To bridge the gap, Christ is that mediator. He is that intercessor. I will say uh, that of the offices of Jesus Christ, uh, he is uh, according to being a Messiah. He is the king. He holds that office. He is a prophet. He holds that office, but he also holds the office of priest. He is our high priest. He stands between us and God. And so when you look at the outline of this chapter, you see that Jesus prays for himself. Verses 1 through 5. And then 6 through 19 or so, he prays for his disciples. And then the following verses after that, he prays all the way down to verse 26. He prays for future disciples. Disciples. And so this is Jesus praying for us. And I want to call your attention to verse 13 because here is where the setting happens. The verse says, But now am I coming to you. And these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves he says my path is i'm coming to you he says my prayer is the things that i speak in this world he says my purpose is that they will have joy so Sister so the banks this is what it is very quickly jesus says now what's happening in this moment He says i'm praying in their presence so they get an idea of the kind of prayer i'm going to pray when i get back to heaven and that will bring them joy Ah, how beautiful stephanie how beautiful that is jesus says i'm saying these words in their presence So they get an idea of the kind of action I will engage in when I get to heaven, and that will bring them joy. And I mean to say to you, brothers and sisters, Christ's work on Calvary is a finished work. You and I are saved, but it didn't just leave us alone. He knew that in this world we were going to have trouble and we were going to need help. And so he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's praying on our behalf. Every time you have a difficult situation, it is Christ who prays for you so that you will have the strength to make it through. And So we understand this to be Jesus's. Mediatorial prayer, he intercedes on our behalf. Uh, Jesus, brothers, and you guys will help me. Uh, Jesus is like a good can of uh, WD-40. Yeah, uh, you, 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 you got a, a, a bolt and that nut is stuck on that bolt and you, you've, you've applied everything you can to it with strength and your vice grips and such. You've taken a hammer to it. And, and, and they're just locked together. You take you some of that WD-40 and you douse it really good. And after a while, it starts to work those things apart. Uh, I mean to say to you and you already know that in this illustration, we're the nuts. We're locked down tight because of our sin. We're locked down tight. We're in this tension with God. And it seems that we're locked in a fight. The tension is not going to be loosened. Jesus comes in like WD-40. And he looses the situation. That's what Jesus is doing in heaven for us. Now he's praying so that you and I will have the help. We need in this world. So now let's take a closer look at the text so that we can understand what's going on. The Bible says in verse 17, when Jesus has spoken these words, this refers to all of the words that Jesus has said while they're in the upper room he's talking with these guys chapters 13 through 16 and the text says he lifted up his eyes his pedagogy ended in prayer that is to say he taught the disciples but then he talked with God and brothers and sisters I mean to say to you that this is a good habit for you and I. I, I, I. I don't think that I'm so brilliant that I stand here in this moment and I teach you the word of God. And all of a sudden you're just, uh, your eyes are open and you understand and you leave this place just dazzled. No, after I teach, then I pray for you. And this is a good idea for all of us. We all need to pray after we've given instruction. If for no other reason, like Paul Paul says, I beat myself black and blue to make sure that I don't falter where I told them not to falter. You understand? So Jesus takes this time here to pray for his boys. He lifted his eyes to heaven. Now, listen, if you're going to really do some good praying, you want to follow what Jesus does here in the text says he lifted his eyes would you note with me uh, who he took his eyes off of and who he put his eyes on he took his eyes off the disciples and put his eyes on God in prayer lifted this reverential kind of action listen brothers and sisters for three years He has had his eyes on his disciples, training them, teaching them, but now he takes his eyes off them and puts his eyes on God. And I mean to say to you, brothers and sisters, if you're going to do some real praying, you got to take your eyes off people and put your eyes on God. You got to look to the hills from which cometh your help. You if you keep looking at people, you 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 really can't pray. You gotta take your eyes off the people and look to go. Because it's there is where we find our help. And he says, uh, in this context father he he calls him father because of rank and relationship he understands uh, paul discusses it in first corinthians eleven thirteen. 13 talks about uh, eleven three 3 rather this idea that god is first son second holy spirit a third in that context and he calls him father because he's creator he's progenitor of all things but he also calls him father because of relationship he has this intimate moment with him, and he, he's coming to this place, and he says, Father. He calls on him, Father. He says, The hour has come. Do you see it there in your text? Yeah. The hour has come. This is, this, is, this is the greatest hour of all hours. Ever since hours started to be numbered this one is the greatest of all ours because it's here where jesus will now suffer for our sins he brings eternity past and eternity present all into this moment eternity future all into this moment packed With intensity, he says, my hour has come. You remember early on when his mom wanted him to perform a miracle in John 2, he said, lady, my hour hasn't come yet. It's not time for me to go into ministry. And then later on when they tried to trap him, he said, you can't get me because my hour has not come, John 7. But then by John 12, he starts to say, you know what? This thing is winding up. My hour has come. And so here we are in this text, and Jesus starts to say, okay, now we're here. Everything that I've done has led to this moment, and this is my prayer. It it, it seems, in a high priestly prayer, weird that Jesus would pray for himself. He says, in this prayer, Mother Harvey, that he's praying for us, He prays for himself. He says, Father, glorify your son. That the son may glorify you. Very quickly, glorify means to honor, speak well of. Um, Jesus is saying, um, I need you to make me shine bright. So that I can take that light and shine it back on you.